The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Some great shows here lately, huh, Danny? Killing it, as always. Absolutely. Some real blockbusters. Guys, if you haven't had a chance, make sure you jump on and listen to the uh, aftermarket DPF. You know we're excited for that one. Uh, that was with Lyle Richmond from Bully Dog. And then, of course, Exergy. We had on Rick Newberry uh, talk about heavily modified injectors with the UCC coming up. That's That was really interesting to hear some of the behind the scenes on that. And talked a lot about the different vocabulary of injectors absolutely yeah if you feel lost when other guys are talking about injectors no need to be stupid forever jump on and listen to the episode uh you'll definitely learn some lingo and then of course i think probably the one i was the most excited for probably the biggest episode um i think we've ever done was with nicola manarini he is the chief engineer of gm's duramax program it's actually called the xlde straight out of toronto italy uh really really cool guy very very nice and extremely extremely knowledgeable i mean you're talking about 30 years of oem diesel experience there that guy gave us an awesome show and he uh talked about future episodes with us so that was really cool different uh areas of who he wants us to talk to yeah yeah and even talking about the 1.6 liter that's going to be coming back out in the cruise got some really cool pictures of that so make sure you click on the show notes for that episode as well as uh got to talk a lot about the 2.8 turns out that was a lot of his history was in the 2.8 liter something that we're a big fan of over here of course nick and i did that review on the one and uh we deal with them every day huh danny yeah and then you brought up the trailblazer 2.8 yeah, 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 Trailblazer, which, which here will be the Equinox. Right. Right, so the Equinox, yeah. That, that's real. I'm really excited for that. I think it'll be cool to um, see a small SUV like that. I mean, it's not really a cool car, but yeah. any, you take a non-cool car, you throw a diesel in it, and I at least have some interest. Yeah, I, I go with that all day. Absolutely. And then, of course, listeners, make sure you call in to Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power. Use your 10% off tuning coupon uh, with Danny, myself, Chris, or Jim. Just call in. Let whoever you talk to know that you listen to the podcast. You want your 10% off. That works for any tuning product. LSP. Yeah. 2.8 uh, DSP. Absolutely. Also, of course, CSP. on all of your old Duramax stuff. Some ag tuning. Your MM3 tuning. Go ahead and get some uh, trans tuning. Absolutely. Whatever else you want us to tune, we'll knock 10% off. Just tell the sales rep you work with over the phone that you listen to the podcast and you want your 10%. I mean, we can we can bounce that ball back and forth. I can keep going. I mean, <laughs> there's so much stuff to tune out there. We there, tune a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're interested, give us a shout. We'd be happy to help. Of course, the phone number is 815 568 7920. But enough of paying for the show, guys. We'd like to dive right into today's topic. Of course, you already know what it is because you read it on the title before you clicked, and that's LML Performance. Where to start? I just bought an LML. What do I do? And I love those phone calls. Yeah. We really do. Danny and I, of course, work over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power, and we get to work with a lot of you customers out there who have one of these trucks and you're thinking about what, what your next step is. We thought we'd get together and just handle like 50 phone calls at one time for us, maybe save on our week. For sure. So we don't sound like a broken record. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So today we get some really cool stuff. We're going to go over the strengths and weaknesses. We're going to go over the kind of the flaws. We're going to go over the difference between deleting and not deleting. And we're going to get into once you get your basics done, what are your next steps from there? But uh, today, Danny, why don't you kick us off? What are some of the strengths of the LML being 2011 to 2016 Duramaxes? Yeah, and these are from, I guess, my experiences. This is kind of what I deal with. So... You know, like you were talking about, it's something that we know of. Yeah. Um, some strengths, definitely. Um, you start right at 400 horsepower. You got to love that. 
Right, right away. Boom, you're at 400 horse. Yeah, they actually do roll 395 to yeah. the rear wheel, so pretty impressive. 700 and some foot-pounds of torque. So On uh, calibrated dyno. Yeah, right? and GMs. Yeah, yeah. yeah we matched 395. that 395. Boom, right, right before you even do anything. Yeah. It, it is really nice. Obviously, on the older trucks, you know, LB7 through LMM, you're probably yeah. more realistically rolling about 300, 320 to the rear wheels, yep. depending on the year. My LBZ was 320 stock. Yeah, so a basic tune and intake and exhaust, which was like back then the standard, uh, those got you up to 400 horsepower. Now you're starting at that point. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's like free money. It's like, well, you pay for it. So I guess it's like free horsepower for the money you were going to spend anyways. You're ahead of the ball game a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think one of the strengths that I really took note of when the LMLs first came out, we first started fucking around with them, was the transmission. It's just a beefier transmission. Oh, uh, electronic line pressure control, dual disc torque converter, uh, better lockup strategy just seems to be more robust all the way through the unit, and that that plays into a big factor. You know, Danny, with your LBZ, you had to throw like five thousand dollar trans, forty five hundred dollar trans in it before you could get to five hundred horse. It was more than that. Okay, more than that, right? Yeah. Right? What okay. do you think? I just had some budget build transmission. Paul. Well, I know a DT seven fifty runs fifty nine hundred bucks when it's all said and done. Well, I was going to say fifty six sixty five without a deep pan, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to have a deep pan. You got to if you're going to do it up, you're going to do it up. I don't know, man. When we talked to uh, the boys over at Suncoast, yeah, you remember that they said the if you have a deep pan, that's more to cool off. It's more to heat up. It's more to cool off. So if you're in an application, say drag racing or sled pulling, where you do short burst of high heat, makes a lot of sense to have a deep pan because you'll help prevent that heat. If you're towing up a grade for 20 miles and that heats up, well, when you go down the other side and you're now on the downgrade, um, it, it takes a long time to cool down. So you keep the trans hotter for a longer period of time. I, I don't think there is any real data on it. I think it's kind of six to one, half a dozen to the other. Sure. And I don't know. It just sounds cool. I got a deep dish, uh, deep pan. I do love deep dish pizza, so I That's get it. it. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. Um, well, also, the little, front end. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say a little bit beefed up up front, huh? The front end. Well, the clean sweep, for example. Um, you know, if we didn't really mess with too much stuff to pull it. We just threw some uh, tie rod sleeves on it and um, some A arms. We just wanted to kind of give it a better look. But uh, everything was pretty solid from the factory. If you look at some of those components and you look at my LBZ, you can tell that it's a lot beefier. Yeah. And it, they've progressed in those uh, parts, definitely. Yeah, they moved the placement of the tie rod end connections as well to kind of help with the strengthening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely a beefier part. We do still put sleeves on them because boosted four-wheel drive launches or even just like if you're out, I don't know, pulling a horse trailer through the mud, you're using four-wheel drive and you're grunting it pretty hard. Or plowing. Or, or plowing or so, something laborsome on the front end like that. You just want a little bit extra uh, peace of mind. You know, we've all seen the Duramax clap on YouTube before. That's where the front tires touch each other. Uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Hey, I've seen a lot of trucks do that, not just Duramaxes. You can, you can, uh, if you look on there. Yeah, well, I mean, IFS, so they're probably the most known in the diesel right. realm, you know, for having it happen, Dodges. It's just, really it's just funny when you see a video of a Dodge doing that, and then it says at the bottom, teach me how to Chevy. It's like, <laughs> you're right, though. They're known for it more. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then, of course, you know, as, as great as these trucks are, and they, they really are great. I mean, updated exterior, interior, uh, gauges, all sorts of other little nuances throughout it. They still leave some gaps. So there's still a distance from what you get compared to what you want. You're talking about overhead. What the truck has in it, is that what you're describing? Or are you just talking about what to expect uh, after the tuning? Uh, no. So what I said was what I said was that if you're just bought the truck, 
there's you got something and there is a distance. There's a ways to go before it is exactly what you want or what you would expect out of it. So there's some weaknesses, right? There's some points that you could capitalize by improving them. Gotcha. Uh, I think the first one and most obvious one in the LMLs is the dead pedal. Mm-hmm. Something that's pretty well known, huh? Everybody talks about it in any emissions equipped vehicle, period. Absolutely. And what the dead pedal is, we actually did a whole episode where we had Nick come on and talk about LML dead pedal. Uh, we've done videos on it. We've done uh, blog articles on it. So there's a lot of information out there if you're looking to learn more about the LML dead pedal and how to fix it. Short answer, tuning helps. So an LML spade with or without the LSP tune upgrade, which of course is the switch on the fly. Um, that'll pretty much clear it up. So the factory programs the pedal to just not be real snappy, huh, Danny? Yeah, there's not much responsiveness with the pedals, uh, yeah. with the with the throttle pedal and the throttle table, I guess. Um, yeah. But when uh when you do tune them, that's what they uh, tune. That's what we tune out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we wake it we wake it up so that it's much more responsive. It's much more light. It makes the truck feel lighter. Uh, the nice thing here is that we're still able to keep the emissions equipment safe. So it's not like we're just uh, running a delete tune with the emissions codes on. Uh, we're actually running an emissions equip tune with that programmer. So you are getting the the maximum effort from the truck while still staying within fa- factory safe limits for the factory equipment. Yeah, keeping the equipment happy is key. And I always uh, touch on that because who wants to drive something that's just going to you know, give you fits. Well, you know, that's the other thing there, Danny, is that the other time I think the dead pedal comes up is when people are, say, uh, cruising 60, 65 miles an hour and go to step on it to pass somebody. Mm-hmm. And they notice that the truck's reluctant to downshift. Or they notice that when they're 50 to 80% throttle and they go to get on it, it's uh, sluggish to shift. It's, it's not a sluggish truck, but it's just, it's not the shift you're looking for. It's not clean and crisp. Right. TCM tuning matched with ECM tuning will certainly help with that. Clean all that up. Absolutely. So if you, you put the proper tuning on the truck, you really won't have those uh, dead pedal feelings anymore, whether you're merging, whether you're towing, whether you're getting around somebody. It'll kind of help with overall uh, feeling or drivability. We would call it windshield experience. Yeah. One of my really good buddies, we do a lot of flying together. He uh, he drives to O'Hare Airport from the Rockford area to O'Hare every day. He got beat up on in his LML 2016 stock uh, by a 3 Series Beamer on the way to work. Ugh. So that's embarrassing. He was embarrassed. And he said he could. He he felt helpless. That thing had him cu- uh, pinned the whole time. There's no way, you know. And this guy, he's probably 45 years old, having fun on the highway on the way to work, right? And then he's gonna go fly it to Arizona in his jumbo jet. Okay. All right. So, so it took that for this guy to call me. It took that experience, that windshield experience, to get beat on by a stinking three series BMW. Of course, it's a nice car. All right. But uh. I go, when we got done tuning it, we put it to 500 horse. I said, you go find that Beamer. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, there are some other weaknesses there, right? So once you get the dead pedal fixed, I think you still got to deal with some of the other problems. Um, I think my biggest complaint on the LML, once we have the the drivability fixed, is you pop the hood and it it looks like a nightmare. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, congestion underneath the hood. I, I think... No matter what kind of emissions-equipped vehicle you're going to look at is going to have that. So I think, obviously, that's a whole as an industry. Yeah, the emissions equipment and the sound dampening, those two together have really take what was already a really tight space to work with on any year Duramax. Mm-hmm. Uh, even LB7 is a, a good knuckle buster, right? I mean, there's just not a lot of room there. Um, and, and then the, the sound dampening and the emissions equipment really help fill even more of that space. There's even less to work with. Um I think one of the things I would recommend to do to clear up some of that congestion 
is take a look at an S&B intake. I think they're a cleaner look than the factory box. You're not really going to measure a ton more performance, if any at all, with them. It right. is easier to change the filters, and they are a, more aesthetically pleasing. That's about all you're going to get. Is It's going to look cool. It's going to sound cool in your story. Yeah. 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 It's your story. You can make it as big as you want. <laughs> and then, you know, I... I hate to talk about this, but I think we just kind of breeze over it. Everybody talks about the CP4 failure that they hear about or read about or think that they heard about something. I've seen very few and far between. It is definitely something to talk about real quick. Yeah, it's real. I mean, they're yeah. out there. There are guys who have CP4 bad. Sure. As we've asked different um, high-pressure fuel system manufacturers, right, so Exergy, uh Lenny, um, you, you know, some different guys out there in the industry, why are we seeing such high rates of CP4 failures? They've kind of had some feedback for us. One, the rates aren't that high. Uh, if you look at the total amount of LML sold compared to how many have had CP4 failures, it's a relatively small percentage. However, they are the loudest portion of LML owners, right? Because they've had a major failure. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of shops out there that'll, that'll attest to them failing and having huge problems, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the CP4, let's let's talk about it. Grenades basically sends uh, shavings through the fuel system and takes out your injectors. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys have said they've gotten it. Some guys have said that they're they're seeing people replace them, the injectors and the injection line preemptively. Lines. Yeah. Uh, so, like, maybe they don't see the failure, like, of shards going through the system, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, what we've seen a lot is that when they fail, guys do a, a full fuel system reboot, right? Mm -hmm. So they put on a CP3 conversion, they put on new fuel rails, and they put on new injectors. It's a ten, twelve thousand dollars job. New lines too. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's it's very expensive. It's very laborsome. Yeah. So that's scary. You know, you got a forty seven forty to seventy thousand dollar truck, you don't want to have to dump another ten grand into repairs. I get that. Mm -hmm. Um however a lot of our guys have told us as well that this is common if you're using a lot of different fuel stations. You have a, the more fuel stations you use, the more places you go to fill up the truck, the more likely it is that you're going to get low-quality diesel fuel. And we've talked about this before as well, Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I said we kind of can breeze over it. It's not like we see too many of them. For like, let's say I dealt with 100 LML customers, uh, you know, in the past six months, uh, maybe one of them have. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So. And from our market, that's that's about all we see. Um, I think if you talk to other shops, they would tell you more. You talk to other shops again, and they would probably tell you less. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, CP4s are out there. The best thing I can tell you to do is run a fast 150 lift pump or something equivalent, yeah, um, AirDog 165 up. or Fuel Lab or whatever, whatever brand you want to run. But you do want a good fuel air water separator. Uh, the reason being is they run down to tighter micron filters, so they give better filtration. And they take some of the stress off of the CP4. The CP4 is your high-pressure fuel pump, so it has to draw fuel from the tank and pressurize it for the common rail. The lift pump goes in between the tank and the CP4, pushing fuel up to the pump. So now it only has to do one job instead of two. Between the filtration and the, the takeaway of the stress, uh, the lift pump really helps. We've, we have seen... I think, and that may attribute to why we see, Danny, a longer life out of CP4 pumps with our customers is we do very regularly recommend that you, you run a lift pump. For sure. We did a whole episode, Chris Emke and I, yeah. on, on just lift pumps. I think it was like 50 minutes long. Yeah, you guys talked forever about it. Yeah, and I think uh, we still could have went on a little longer. <laughs> but they're, what the bottom line is they're pretty important to any diesel owner. Um, a lot of guys under warranty don't like to add them just yet until, you know, they get closer to the end because they say they don't want to touch anything. But, you know, I understand. But if it was my truck, I would want one. 
Yeah. Yeah, I hear you there, man. Yeah, I hear you there. Even on the older stuff, I think that they're a good idea. I mean, their trucks are expensive, right? Even a cheap LB7 is 10 grand. So if you got that type of money wrapped up, um, six or 700 bucks in a pump to just help keep it safe, always made sense to me. The new L5Ps are supposed to have this integrated lift pump, so I'm looking forward to learning more about that. Yeah, so, we're going to have to tear it apart and yeah. see how effective it is and if it holds up at higher horsepowers. Right. We'll, we'll stress test it, right? <laughs> That's what it's all about. So, Danny, I think now we're getting into the portion here where we're going to compare deleted and non-deleted trucks. Emissions I, equipped or delete? We, t- I talk about this every day nonstop with callers that call in. They're like, oh, I want to, you know, get an exhaust on my 2012. And I'm like, right away, oh, this guy, you know, he's trying to delete his truck. Right. So let's talk about deleted versus non-deleted. What's the biggest difference, Paul, that you've seen? Sound. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. Sound. Sound. Uh, sound is the biggest difference. Everything else, the same, if not very close. Yeah, sound, absolutely. Yeah, There's that's, a lot the one, of that's the one I can never get around the, the corner with customers. You know, if you just want the sound of a truck, mm-hmm. go buy a 6.0. No, I'm just kidding. I, I get it. You bought an LML. <laughs> you got a lot of money invested. It's your truck. Do whatever the hell you want with it, right? But, um, but yeah, they, they are quiet. They're very quiet. And, you know, if you... If you talk to a new LML owner, he'll tell you how he wants that loud, rumble, distinct diesel sound. If you talk to somebody who's had a deleted truck for a while and then drives a compliant truck, like mm-hmm. for that first time in a year or something like that, he'll tell you how nice it is to have a quiet truck again. Absolutely. So there's that like kind of grass is always greener when it comes to this. And it's a lot of opinion. Some yeah. guys like them loud. Some guys don't. That is. You can't change that. There's a lot of guys that don't care. They just want to hear their truck. Yeah. But there's things you can do to an emissions equipped truck to get a little bit extra noise out of You can put it like a downpipe in there if you want. Yep. That might help a little bit. Yeah, you can get a carb-certified downpipe mm-hmm. these days. Uh, Three-inch MBRP yeah. uh, right off the angled uh, housing on the turbo. And then you can also do your intake like you're talking about. You get a little, I think a little different pitch out of the motor maybe when you're full throttle. It's a little bit more throatier, I would say. I'd, yeah. I'd say there is a tone change. Probably hear the the, the turbo more than anything sure. was what I, what I would tell guys. I, you can tell you touched it. You know, yeah. something's different. Yeah. So you got a few things you could do. Other than that, horsepower within one to five percent. Yeah, that's that surprises people. Yeah, all the time. So, so a lot of guys tend to think that the DPF is restrictive mm-hmm. and therefore robbing you of horsepower. Not and, true. Yeah, and you, it's going to hold you back. And there's no way that um, a DPF equipped truck is going to make more horsepower than a, a deleted DPF truck. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's 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 really interesting. Um, the last dyno numbers I remember, and guys, don't quote me on this, but the last dyno numbers I remember, we hit uh, 520, 524, something like that on an emissions intact truck. And then back to back, I had one uh, here and we did a deleted one. It put down like 530. And yeah, that was it. That, I, was I mean, it. that was all they saw of a difference, you know. And, and those were identical trucks. We have dyno 15 LMLs that have made 540 emissions equipped. And I've seen deleted stock trucks that made 550 emissions equipped. So there, there's some variables in there. Sure. but. Uh, the, the, For the most part. The gap between deleted and non-deleted is very, very small, mm-hmm. uh, if, if existent at all, right? So Absolutely. So it is very close to each other on those. So There's actually been That's times, a myth. Yeah. Uh, we can bust. Yeah, we can bust that. Nick told me through one of the dyno days before I started working here full-time, one of the LMLs actually made a little bit less horsepower deleted than emissions intact guy. Yeah. Um, some of the Cummins are more on the opposite side. The Cummins trucks uh, will make maybe 20 horse, 10, 20 horse more deleted, but... You know, it's at it's a not peak again, yeah. right? At a peak, right? And but it's not really an argument, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the system works. You know, I guess that's the thing, right? Sure. Is the system works. It doesn't actually rob you of horsepower. And I think that's what um, personally I try to tell people all the time: don't fix something that's not broken. Right. Right. Fair enough. Um, okay. Spool up though. You know, 
the difference between a deleted truck versus um, a non-deleted truck, I hear guys say, well, I, I can spool up faster. Mm. What do you say? I mean, you've seen the dyno results. Yeah, so it's a placebo effect for the most part. Um, guys who do a full EGR delete, there's less space to fill boost with before it hits the turbo. So you're making the distance of charged cold air, or I'm sorry, to the to the combustion chamber a shorter distance, right, if you don't have an EGR. However, hard to say you could measure a difference. So like what we've seen here, um, when we measure spool up, what we do is we pick, let's just throw out an example. We, we're, how long does it take us to get from zero boost to 20 pounds of boost? Or how long does it take us to make from 30 horsepower to make 400 horsepower. So measure the distance that it takes to, to change those numbers, right? How long is it? It's identical. Uh, d deleted trucks, emissions equipped trucks, they're tuned. So again, this is like the horsepower thing. The tuning is what makes up your benefit, um, not the physical limitations on the truck. We're able to tune with those things. And that brings us into mileage. I get guys all the time that think the DPF's robbing them of fuel. Yeah. Pissing my money away in the DPF, Paul. That's what they tell me. What do you tell them, Danny? Oh, you got to really uh, pay attention how you're calculating your mileage. Um, it doesn't affect it much. I tell people it's so little, it's hard to tell. The most I've measured is a one mile per gallon difference. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's the maximum I've measured. I've, I've had a lot of guys go and, and test it and run emissions quit for a long time, and then they mm -hmm. ended up deleting. And they said they saw no gain or they saw like half a mile per gallon. Right. At, at a mile per gallon, it would take a, approximately three to four years, depending on what exhaust you buy, to pay to itself pay it off, off with fuel. Yeah. But I get my noise. Right, but you get the, <laughs> no, but you get the noise, kidding, right? No, and that's, that's what it is, too. That's why I say that's, a, that's about the only difference. I mean, if we even look at... Um, perceived reliability or perceived longevity of the truck. Mm -hmm. You hear all these nightmare stories about EGRs. So yeah. you remember ever seeing Danny pictures of like an LLY or LBZ EGR and they're just pulling sludge out yeah. of it? Oh, yeah. Just gunk. Well, we just did that Facebook Live video with Nick the other day on Clean Sweep. Yeah. And we pulled the EGR off. Here it is, 100,000 miles, first time the EGR's been off. Mm -hmm. We sled pulled with it all season. You even won a, a racer, won a pull or two. A, a pull or two? A lot, actually. I got like six poles, man. There and you go. I had I I probably pulled it twenty five times at least last year. There you go, twenty five poles, six six alleged wins. It's a uh, it's over uh, two miles of a competition um, polling I did at I, wide open throttle. At wide open throttle, I I, I uh, added it all up, you know. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to hear that number two and a half miles almost that I pulled this <laughs> a competition sled. And with the emissions equipment and with keeping the emissions it happy. equipment on, we pulled the EGR off. If you guys haven't checked it, jump on the Duramax Tuner Facebook page. There's a Facebook live from a few days ago. Yeah, Nick actually the has the EGR in his hand. The intercooler episode. Yeah, yeah we were doing the intercooler. Yeah, talking um, about how to check for a boost leak on an intercooler. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Nick had the EGR cooler in his hand. You can see clearly inside of it that it's not filled up with soot. Again, if you tune and maintain the truck properly, those old problems that the older trucks have aren't really a concern. You know, if you remember back, LB7 injectors on average only go only are good for 50 to 100,000 miles. LBZ injectors are good for 300 to 500,000 miles. Things get better as time goes on. And that, that's what I want to remind guys when it comes to that stuff is that if you Tune the truck properly, use the truck properly, and maintain the truck properly. There's no reason to think that you couldn't have extended longevity with the emissions equipment intact. That's been a fun uh, deal to really test personally and be a part of that. So absolutely. Uh, earlier though, you were talking. I was talking about overhead, and uh, that's where I thought you were going with the conversation. So, what do you do with your LML after you buy it? 
You know, what you want to tune it? You can take it to what number, Paul, safely without a lift pump? Uh, well, without a lift pump, you're probably hitting about 500 horsepower. I would say that if you just bought an LML and you're looking to maximize your experience with the truck, get everything you can out of it while you're leaving all the expensive stuff stock, uh, you're probably looking at like our DT520. Uh, mm-hmm. DT520, it's 520 horsepower for from Duramax tuner for your LML. At the rear wheel. At the rear wheels, yeah, measured on the chassis dyno. That's going to include the spade. Oh, the spade. You want to you want to get into the tuning, the trans tuning. Okay, you can also upgrade for the LSP tuning. Yeah. With the LSP switch, you'll also get a lift pump. You'll also get an Edge Insight CTS2 monitor. You'll also get an intake, and you'll also get tie rod sleeves. You have the option to get an EGT probe along with that as well. So, so that's the full DT520 uh, setup. That'll that will bring the truck up to 520 rear wheel horsepower. Very reliable, very safe place to be. That is kind of your you're like where do you start? Is is that DT520? It's pretty affordable, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Everything should be able to be installed at home. Very simple stuff. And I feel like in diesel performance, there's really no good stopping point. Okay, once you kind of take a bite, you never want you want to finish it all. You Got just bit wanna, by the bug. That's it. But with the DT520 package, it's very unique to me because it gives you a stopping point. Because you know, if you spend anything more. Um, on the truck past the 520 package, you know you're spending some coin. Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit more of an investment to go above that. So your sure. first limitation is going to be the CP4 pump. That's only physically capable of making about 520 horsepower. That's actually where we're limited on on the DT520. If we had an old CP3 in it, we could squeeze out 600 easy with that same setup. But replacing that, you're doing one of two things. You're working with SNS to get a uh, carb certified cp3 conversion Mm -hmm. or you're working with exergy to get a stroker cp4 pump and to my knowledge those are the only two options right now there might be somebody else out there that's you know has something that i don't know about but those are the two that i'm very confident with going with um one thing though if you lean on a stock cp4 and you really push it to the max you can squeeze 550 out of them we've seen that so okay yeah but that's really tough on them good stuff good point right Okay, so if you are looking to go above 520 horsepower, you've done the CP4. That's the first conversion that you're going to have to work on. Uh, anywhere 2,500 to 3,500 bucks by the time you get it installed, maybe a little bit more, uh, depending on what your shop labor is and things like that. Uh, so it is a bit of an investment, but it's still cheaper than doing a built transmission, huh, Danny? Yeah, they, yeah, obviously you got your dual disc converter. You can kind of keep it all just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we run those stock transes all the way up to about 600 horse. Then after about 600 horse, they start getting soft. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go to 650 or above, you just need one. It's just don't don't wait for it to break. Just just build it and be ready for it because you will have to have it. It's a lot more enjoyable. Well, when you have that triple disc converter in there, I feel like you can put the power to the ground a lot better, and it, it, see the pants feeling is a lot different in the truck. Yeah, the converter lockup is nice, uh, unlike the DT750 or something like that, where we use a Garand uh, triple disc billet stator, uh, billet converter X, I think, from them. Yep. It's a really nice converter. It feels really nice. You can let your wife drive the truck, but uh, when you get after it, you still know it's there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that, too. That's actually one of my personal favorites right there. Um We've taken the 520 package, and we've, we're kind of testing right now a few different things. Um, a lot of people have probably seen that Worley Custom post that he just put up with his regular cab. Yeah. Did you see that, Paul? Oh, yeah. 600, what was it? Um, 
650 horse almost. Yeah. Yeah. 640 horse. That's your limitation of the stock injector. So no matter what turbo setup you run, if you're like Whirly and run the new emissions equipped twin turbo kit, which will exclusively be available through Darmax tuner, or if you run like say our Stell 64, which is a drop in replacement uh, LML turbo, either one of them are going to let you get the every last bit out of your stock injectors. Every last bit out of your stock injectors does mean 640 horsepower. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 640, that's a lot. Yeah, um, well, we, we got 600 out of the old ones. They right. went to this piezo injection style system. So uh, action through electric pulse. So in other words, they send an electric pulse and the injector uh, opens up as opposed to a solenoid-driven injector, uh, which now L5P is back to solenoid-driven injectors. But at any rate, I'm, I'm rambling here about injectors when I should be talking about what do you do with them, right? So we get more out of LML injectors. Some theories out there, whether that's because of the latency or because of the size of the injector. Um, I think like you said earlier, a little bit of a, time, little bit of B. time's going on, things are getting better. Yeah. You know, and a lot of parts are getting a lot better as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the LML injectors, um, 640 stock. You can throw a th- set of 30s in there, get to 700 pretty easily. Uh, if you're going to go above that, you probably want to call over and talk to us or talk to the guys over at Exergy or somebody like that to where you have an expert specking out the build. You know, Once we start putting turbos and modified injectors and modified pumps together, you're making a, a notable investment and you probably want to get coached through that by an expert. So you always can feel free to reach out to us at Duramax Tuner or Calibrated Power. Be happy to assist with that. Otherwise, um, jump online, do some reading. Uh, just because they're forum warriors and, and keyboard... Uh, Jockeys. Uh, yeah, keyboard jockeys. <laughs> Doesn't mean that it's all bad information. It just means, you know, you kind of got to read it with a filter, right? You got to take it as a grain of salt. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of guys out there saying a lot of things, um, most every, of which is fucking dumb. But but, <laughs> but it, it is, and that's okay. You, you that's can okay. kind of tell where you you're can, at. Yeah. You, people, so, but some people don't pick up on it, and they actually believe it. You know, if you're listening to this, I got to assume that you're smart enough to know where to get the best information. There you Therefore, go. you probably are capable of deciphering what's bullshit and what's not on the forums. That's why they're listening to the podcast. That's right. Absolutely. You know, our episodes exist, and uh, they stay recorded and they stay live. Uh, you can listen to them anytime. So if you ever want to refer back to them, you know, if you want to listen to Paul talking some crap about a truck, he's it's going to be there forever. That's right. If you'd like to hear why Paul knows um, where No Man's Land limits are, you can go back and actually search No Man's Land on our, on our <laughs> episodes and find it and hear all the reasons that Paul was right about that. Uh, Danny, what else do you want to talk about with LMLs, bud? You know, I, like I said, LMLs are my favorite um, emissions-equipped setup to work with, personally, just because it's very easy to do. Um, one thing that I, I am so impressed about, without putting a lift pump, without putting any supporting modifications, if you flash a Sport Economy tune on it and throw a TCM file on it as well if you want, you're at 500 rear-wheel horsepower. Yeah. I had a guy, uh, two guys that have similar LMLs, one guy dynoed at 506 and one was at 508 at the rear wheel without a lift pump. And I was super impressed. And they called me excited as heck because they both cracked 500 horse, literally just tuned the truck. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I I had to spend, what did you say my trans was only $4,000? Well, I mean, a norm, <laughs> if you go to a normal, like like just an, an average shop, they bill about 4500 bucks. Yeah. Uh, fifty five hundred bucks should get you like like I said a real nice DT seven fifty. You go up and spend seven eight thousand dollars. I mean we sell a nine thousand dollar DT one thousand trans with all the billet parts in it. I don't think most guys need that, but mm-hmm. you know they're available. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I think we we beat it up pretty good on this episode. Absolutely. The UCC's coming up, man. Don't forget it about is. the UCC. I am gassed, and it's coming up quick, Paul. 
Yeah, I know it. How far out are we? Oh, what was it? Less than 50 days? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited, man. It'll be uh, my first trip out of the house since the little one's been born. Oh, so. yeah. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. By thank the way. you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. How has yeah. that been? Good? It's great. It's great, man. Love being a dad. Love awesome. being a dad. Uh, but yeah, get us, uh, get after us here at UCC. We're going to be down in Indy the whole time. So if you guys are going out to Indy, if you got tickets to the UCC already, hit up Danny or myself on Facebook. I think we're going to have to do just a one night of just eating good food and maybe having a beer or two. Um, thinking maybe Friday or Saturday night, guys. So hit us up, find out where we're going to be hanging out at. I think we're going to be in downtown Indy. So I'm sure we'll find somewhere that, uh, that'll serve us mugs, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm just excited about the millions of dollars of diesel performance that we get to lay eyes on. Absolutely. Yeah. Diesel Performance Industry Expo as well. Yeah. Uh, that'll be going on the whole time. So we're really stoked for that. All They're... the clean sweep, emissions equipped, twin turbos, all sorts of stuff. I imagine, obviously, Bully Dog's going to be there with their emissions, uh, new DPF. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So really excited for that. I think that's going to be a big home run. There's going to be a big um, clean diesel portion of it that I'm looking forward to. Um, like you said, the clean sweep's going to be there. And if you guys want to see these trucks, man, lay eyes on them. Come to the show and see for yourself. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Sure. And, well, I don't know. It just sounds cool. I got a deep dish, uh, deep pan. I do love deep dish pizza, so I That's get it. That's it. <laughs>